I'm going to read the testimony of Bryson Trago. My life before I found Jesus Christ. My life before Christ wasn't the best. For example, I was always doing bad stuff, saying bad things, and hanging out with the wrong people. How and when I found Jesus Christ as my Savior. I found Christ through my dad when he went to church with me, and it felt good to just be connecting um, with people, but I saw him as my Savior around a year ago. What my life is like now. My life now is way better now with Christ ever since I've accepted him in my life. My life has been so much better with friends, with family, in prayer time, and in, my, in the Bible. Now Ben Fryman is going to come say a few things. Morning. I am very excited today to be up here for Bryson. And um, we're here to praise God. And um, we're here not just to celebrate Bryson, but to celebrate what God has done in him. And I'd just like to say a few things about um, my friendship and um, in the past, me knowing him and everything. Um, he. I can see his growth in the past year, his growth spiritually and him spiritually maturing. And um, I can see he's uh, he's been a better example and a better influence and definitely a better person to be around. And um, I can just see God working um, in him in that way, and he's been a good friend, and he's He's been like a brother. Um, he's definitely been a great encouragement. Um, if you, you wouldn't know if Bryson was ever going through something really rough, something, something crazy, something terrible. He always seems to be happy and encouraging and joyful. And um, I can definitely see the Holy Spirit working in him in that way. And um, it, Holy Spirit is truly, has residence in him. Um, he's mentioned he has uh, further been studying the word and praying more and more. And I can definitely see that, how he's hungry for God's word, how he's hungry for righteousness. Um, so personal growth, spiritual maturity. Baptism is a commandment from Jesus that um, it's a proclamation of your faith. It's saying, hey, I believe in Jesus. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. It's not necessary for salvation to go to heaven, but it was a commandment from Jesus to take that step into the public, and that's what he's doing today, and I'm very excited um, for what the Lord has for him, and um, I love you, man.
baptism. It is always a wonderful thing to see someone publicly display their faith in our Savior through baptism. That's awesome. Would you stand with us this morning? Marvelous. Yeah. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned
I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to collect the offering. This morning I'd like to read a passage to you from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 say this, Therefore I exhort first, of, exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. 
for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. You just saw a beautiful testimony of someone who made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, identified with him in baptism and with this church. We are so thankful for the mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's the one that we're worshiping today. As we worship with our tithes and offerings, let's pray that that gospel message will continue to go forth in every corner of this world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the testimony uh, of Bryson and for everyone who's a member here at Cross Point Baptist Church who's made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. Lord, we pray that that gospel message will continue to go forth, that we will be faithful to share that gospel in everything that we do. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I love starting our services with baptism. There's such an excitement there. And that um, for us that are believers and um, are growing, we, we don't always understand everything the Lord commands us to do until we just follow by faith. Amen? Yes. Baptism for a while for me when I was younger, I didn't fully embrace it. I didn't. I didn't understand fully, but I knew that it was commanded in Scripture to do. And so grateful for leaders and pastors that, that from a child through teenage years and up, that would teach what this is and what it means. And then that, I get emotional every time I get to officiate someone being baptized. They're not just getting dunked. They're not just getting, getting a bath. It is a perfect, there's no greater object lesson of baptism of what takes place on the soul of a person. And it's just it's it's a it's low-hanging fruit for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear today. I want to let you know that as we are um, uh, as a leadership here, we have been considering and working on our theme for 2023. That'll be here before we know it. I don't want to rush it. We don't want to rush uh, anything. But at the same time, this time of year, things just kind of pick up speed on their own. And we decided to start working on um, just theme for the next year. As you know, the even number years, which is 2022, that's what you're in right now in case you, you forgot, 2022, that it is the year of the Bible. We want to read through the, the Bible. You're encouraged to read through the Bible in a year and or a portion thereof. It may be just be the New Testament several times over. It may be... I'm going to read or listen to a certain segment. So that's nothing new if you've been in our church. And the odd number years, we, uh, in, in principle, we like to pick one of the spiritual disciplines that we need to work on. Um, a couple years ago, several years ago, it was on prayer. It was kind of the year of prayer. Now, what's that mean? Do you pray for a whole year? How's that work? And no, we mean that periodically throughout the month and or uh, Sunday uh, or Sunday school hours, Life Point Bible study groups. We kind of had to make that a focal point. We, what does the Scripture say? Well, as we are considering 2023, 
we are, uh, we're still massaging it. In fact, we'll be meeting next week to put a little bit more what it looks like. But I'm not even going to tell you what we're thinking. I'm going to see if you can pick it up from the scripture. And that's what I want to do today. In Romans chapter 1 is where I would ask you to turn um, this morning as we consider God's word. Romans chapter 1. There's three areas that Paul points out, and, and you know, it's, it's such a catch-22 of who, who wrote the book of Romans. Did Paul write the book of Romans? Did the Holy Spirit write the book of Romans? Who wrote the book of Romans? Yes. Are we good with that? Uh, we see that God allowed for personality and allowed for, um, he just moved through people. We see that in 1 Peter um, of, of the Holy Spirit moved through them as he penned his words. Now remember, the word of God for a long time was only proclaimed, not written down. So uh, God is more than capable of preserving his word. I'm excited to say this morning uh, that we have several people watching by way of Facebook, but one that I want to make sure to mention is Peggy Taylor. She was going out of town for the week. She goes, I'm going to miss Bryson's baptism. I said, we're going to do our best to make sure Facebook is, is up and running. And it was. So Peggy got to uh, watch the, uh, Bryson's baptism this morning. And I'll tell you why that what made that so exciting is because with, especially in our church, so many of you, so many of our kids and our teens and our children, you've had a lot of people disciple them. Pastor Rick points this out numerous times. Who disciple me? And people will go, well, this person or that person. Our goal is that the church disciples you. If you will let your Life Point Bible study group leader get into your life, if you will let each other get into your lives and, and be attentive and listening, um, you'll get to, to, to be discipled and eventually to be teaching these things to others, 2 Timothy 2. 2. So here we go. And, and Romans is where we are. Paul, uh, of course, is the, main, is, is the author here. And I want to pose three questions to you that Paul put on himself through the scripture. I'm going to give them, if, you want to, if you're a note taker, here they are. Are you a debtor? Are you a debtor? D-E-P-T-O-R. Are you a debtor? I don't mean do you have debt. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. This isn't a financial class. Are you a debtor? Uh, number two, are you ready? Are you ready? And number three, are you ashamed? Three questions I want you to consider this morning as we look at Romans chapter 1, verse 14, 15, and 16. Verse 14 says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. And then verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 16 probably stands out as being the most recognizable. If you've been in church any length of time, you've at this church, you've heard that verse. Uh, and that, sometimes we tend to overlook the verses before or after. Today I want you to consider the verses before 
And consider this and, and make it personal in your life. Are you a debtor? Paul says, I'm a debtor. Are you a debtor? Look in verse 14. I am a debtor, a debt, both to Jews, uh, both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. Paul was obligated. He was in debt. But the question becomes, who is he in debt to? Because it looks like he's saying he owes the Greeks and the barbarians something here. First and foremost, Paul owes a debt. He was in debt to Jesus Christ. If you remember his, um, on how he came to the Lord, the road to Damascus, two different areas of scripture where that, that uh, event is portrayed. You can look at that later. But I want you to look in verse 1 with me of Romans chapter 1. Again, 14, 15, and 16 is where we are this morning. But look at the scripture in, uh, prior to in verse 1. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. There's his debt. There's his debt. We were talking about this in Faithful Life this morning in part. The world would hear these portions of scripture and say, see, I told you. John Brinker really pointed this out. The world would hear these portions of scripture where Paul was, uh, and this is in the book of Philemon as well, talking about being a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And the world would hear that and say, see, I told you. The church, God is just a killjoy. He wants to take away your fun. Is that what the scripture is saying? What would make a person give up on themselves, give up on, on the things of this world, and turn and fall squarely on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, fully into the arms of Jesus Christ by his grace? What would make a person to do, do just that? Hope. Hope. Where else can you put your hope in 2022 that you know is going to be steady? I got an idea. You can put all your hope in the dollar. It's never failed. I know, I know, I got a better idea. Let's put our hope into the leaders of our country or of our world. They will never let us down. Do you want me to keep going? I can do this all day. There's nothing in this world that we can put our hope in that we know is going to be foundational, immovable, immutable, unchangeable, and to change your life to a new life that never ends. That's the hope that he's referring to here in verse 1, when he refers to being a bondservant of Jesus Christ. It sounds like, oh, man, he wants to work me to death. It sounds like being a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ is drudgery. But it's not. It's freeing. It's freeing. If you had given your life to him, you can give your life to Christ and do whatever you want because you're going to be doing whatever he wants when you fully give your life to him. He's a servant of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul said, you are not your own. You were bought with a, a price. You were bought with a price. You didn't pay for it. You didn't earn it. You couldn't get or did. He, you were bought with a price. You were bought with Jesus Christ. Everybody's looking around like, did he say get or did? Is that what he said? I said that on purpose. I'm not that much of a hillbilly. I know proper grammar. But it did work for effect, didn't it? He did what we could not do. And that's what Paul was saying. I'm attached to him because he did what I could never do. 
You know, have you ever, if we're going to be honest in our walk with him, we're like, I'd give him my life to Christ, and it feels like it's kind of come to a halt. Odds are you picked your life back up, and you're not letting his live through you. Live your life in light of him and let everything fall where it needs to fall. Remember, I, I was telling Andrew, I heard him practicing this morning as we both got here. So, yeah, and that's the other thing. I got here earlier and, and I had to fill the baptismal pool because it, it had leaked a little bit overnight and through the drain, not on the carpet. It went down the drain. Um, and it had leaked a little bit. So I was like, man, I got to hurry up and fill this before Bryson finds out it's not heated. I didn't want him to be nervous going into it. And, uh, and Andrew, as the water's running, he's like, is this going to be going the whole time? For a sound effect is that what we're going for here but as he was playing he was doing our first song and i st and i even said man sometimes it's just refreshing to hear that staple hymn to bring us back just to what's true and right remember the song jesus paid it all all to him i owe i love that song one of my favorite simple he jesus paid almost all of it Jesus, almost, he paid it all. Man, when you realize that your life has been bought and paid for in full, paid for in full, I'm going to tell you a funny, uh, little funny thing that happened. Anna, you remember she fell a while back ago, broke her glasses, and we raised a little bit of money to help her get what she needed. So she got the new glasses. There was some money left over. She had this little bill. That And we had the, a little bit left over. I said, bring me that bill. She brought the bill. I was able to pay it. Church was able to pay it. And uh, I wrote the confirmation number on there. My dog did something that she rarely does. She was bored. And my dog found that letter. I had it laying there like on a thing. And, and she decided to chew half of it. So I figured that's one way to get your bill paid. Have your dog eat it. But what had really been paid... No, the good news is the half that she didn't destroy had the confirmation number. That bill was paid, and that confirmation number meant paid in full. Are you with me? See where I'm going here? Jesus paid it all, all to him I, I owe. That's what Paul is saying in verse 1. What would make people give up on themselves and give their life over to the Lord, first of all, ministry to second? What would make them do that? His life for mine. I'm not working. You're not working your way to salvation. Why? How do we know that? Because it's impossible. You may be working, but it's not going to get it did. It's not going to happen. It's not going to get done. It's impossible. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, the Bible says, but by his mercy, he saved us. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Hey, that's a good verse right there. Chapter 3, verse 5. Can I say that verse again? And if you really understand and really believe it, can you confirm that with an amen? Not working your way to salvation. Here's how the verse reads. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. If you're saved today, grab a hold of that verse. I had the blessed opportunity of sharing that verse with somebody of our church. After meeting with them several times, by the way, years ago, and to watch them say, hey, I did that. I shared that verse, and they took it home and came back and said, I did that. I've given my, not by works, I have been relying on my own. That is, listen, that's God doing a thing that we can't do. 
Paul was also a debtor to the conquerors of the past. Look in verse 2. Which he, he promised before through his prophets in the Holy, the Holy Scriptures. If you'll think with me for a moment and go back to the Old Testament, some of these prophet, prophets took a beating. They, it was a rough life for them to get the heroes of the faith of the past to get God's message moving forward. Paul knew that he stood on the shoulders of those before him. I would remind you that he witnessed and saw and sanctioned the martyr of Stephen. You think that didn't have an impact? A guy who had the license to kill, they come to him and say, he's got to go. They lay their cloaks at his feet as a sign of saying, can we do it? He gave him the go-ahead. What impact would it be to know that I sanctioned that guy's death? He's preaching and teaching and proclaiming while he's dying. And you sanction that death. You think the Holy Spirit can't convict a heart over that one? Heavy, heavy conviction. We know from church history that Peter was hung upside down. Paul, we find out, would later have his head cut off. Christians were fed to the lions in the Colosseum. History tells us that they would take genuine believers. And, you know, right now we talk about it being a genuine believer in 2022, how that our voice seems to be stifled. In fact, we're scared to speak up because of the, we could get canceled or, or because of this, the pressure. I don't want to be seen as that kind of people. These people had to lay their life on the line to follow Christ. You, you really struggled to hide it. They would dress up the genuine believers in animals' uh, skins and then go hunt them down. Believers were tied to tied on the beach when tide was out, and then when tide came in, they were they would be drowned. We know that King Nero, Nero's rule that they would use believers as lampposts at night, and on and on these stories tend to go. But Paul saw himself as a debtor to those around him. Question for you, how do you view yourself? Do you, do you view yourself as a debtor? You're like, yeah, pastor, I got a stack of bills. Like, boom, wrong debt, wrong kind of debt. Are you a debtor? He owed Christ and he knew it. And he knew he could never repay. So what did he do? He gave his life to the ministry, he gave his life to Christ. And if you look back in verse 15 with me, he says, I'm a debtor. To the Greeks and the barbarians. Why? Did he owe them anything? He didn't owe them anything. But why did he feel to be a debtor to them? Because Christ compelled him that they need that gospel message. By the way, if somebody shared the gospel message to you, in, in part they were being a debtor to you. Somebody took the time to share that message. Whether it be now on Facebook or electronically or one-on-one, -on -one, whatever it was. Somebody took that time. Men and women need Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Everybody. And in case you forgot, we're, we're, we're scared of the world. The people first we're talking about that I want to draw your attention to may be your family members. So you may think, oh, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Go preach to them? I want you to love them. Spend time with them. Communicate with them. I want you to ask questions and get into their lives. Ask about their fears and their concerns. Spend time. You need to be in prayer for your loved ones. 
We owe that to them. Why? Because the alternative is grave. Why? I don't know why it is we let fear, I'm getting into verse 16 now, we let the fear, the pressure of culture, of family, the fear of image cripple us from sharing what is life-altering information that people need. By the way, I'm going to take some pressure off of you. You can't save anybody. You, you can't get anybody from here to there. How arrogant do we think we are as believers that we could do that? You could be the slick, smooth talker, and you can't move anybody's destiny from hell to heaven. Simply, all you can do is share the information, and the Holy Spirit takes it from there. But this is information you've heard before. Perhaps we need to rattle that cage again in our life. I am ready. My question is, are you ready? So the first question is, are you a debtor? Do you understand the debt that Paul was referring to here? Number two, are you ready? Are you ready? Look in verse 15. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Are you ready? You may think, oh, I'm off of this one because, well, I'm not a preacher. That's, take the principle of what he's saying there. Are you ready? Are you equipped? And you know the first thing about being equipped I found when it comes to sharing our faith is this. You got to care. Do you care? Do you care about other people? Do you care about souls? Do you care about the future, your family? Do you care? Verse 15, he says, as, as much as is in me. That means in verse 15, you know what he's saying there in that first part? Not half-hearted. I bet if I followed you on whatever your passion is, if you have a passion, my, whether it's an, an activity, a sport, an occupation, a career, if you have a passion, odds are you're not doing it half-hearted. You're all in. Why? Because it's, it's your love, it's your passion, it's what you want to be good at. Paul did not approach ministry or sharing the gospel half-hearted. Paul suspected that Rome could cost him his life. Now, so far, if you were to share your testimony, I don't think any, it's going to cost you your life right now. It could cost him his life, but he was ready. Paul was ready to die for Christ. He was ready to live for Christ. Say live. Don't worry about dying for Christ. Live for him first. Just live. Right now, 2022, you're not going to be fed to the lions. You're not going to be dressed up in animal clothing and hunted down. You're not going to become a street post. I don't know what the future looks like, but right now you're not. So let's start to take some of that fear. I think we're going to feel really how silly we are on the fears that can cripple us. We're so worried about what other people think. Why is that? You'll, you'll care less about what other people think when you realize how little they really think about you. Fear. He says in verse 15 that when, when a per well, if I could paraphrase it, when a person is no longer afraid to die for the first time, that person is ready to live. It's kind of paraphrasing. Look in verse 13, Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often plan to come to you 
but was hindered until now. But I have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I often plan to come here. Paul wanted to go. He wanted to go to Rome knowing it could cost him his life. I am ready to go and do the Lord's will. Man, if we could just, it's, it's my personal mantra. I look at it every day. I would, it's not our theme for the church, but I would encourage you to consider this. I've been sharing this a lot. I like to fake things and make them simple. Be who God wants you to be. Do what God wants you to do. See how simple that is? It's not even complicated. Be and do. I believe that's what Paul is saying here. I'm ready to go and do as the Lord wills. But he was hindered. That is, I needed to stay. I needed to stay. I am ready to stay and do the Lord's will. Many of you can have a plan and a purpose in life, never considering what God's up to. I'm going to get on a soapbox here for just a moment. Then I'm going to get back down. Be careful as you plan your life, your future, your dreams, dream house, dream location. Be careful as you plan your dreams that you don't ignore God's will. You can accomplish your dreams and your vision and your plan, your financial. You can, you can accomplish all that and not have Christ. What have you gained? Consider as you plan your next day. Your future, retirement, school, as you plan, consider, God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Consider his will. I believe Paul is saying there as well. Paul wanted this. God said, I want that. Paul's going, I want to go to Rome. God's going, I want you here for a bit, a little bit longer. We know chapter uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. We're not going to, well, we could put it on the screen, but we're not going to dive into these two verses, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. But as we talked about dying for Christ, this verse talks about living for him. What does that look like? What does that mean? Does it mean I'm on a street corner? No, it doesn't mean that. Preaching and doing all, that's not what it means. It means let your light shine everywhere you are. And that verse talks about living, a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 also causes us to consider that he was ready and now having survived to minister on his own. Look in verse 16 as you consider, am I ashamed? That's the question, are you ashamed? Are you ashamed? Verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And there's a comma right there. Now, I want to pause for a moment, and I want you to, in, in a, probably in 30 seconds, maybe at the most, of silence. You can bow your head. You can do whatever you want to do. But we're going to have a, about 30 seconds of silence, and I want that, just that portion of that scripture, I want you to examine it in your own heart and, and, and answer this question in your own heart. Am I ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Am I? I ashamed of the gospel of Christ? A question only you can answer in this couple seconds of silence.
if you said yes to that question, I kind of want to say congratulations. The goal right now isn't to beat you up and yell at you. You shouldn't be ashamed. You just come to a crossroad in your own heart. If you said, you know, I kind of, at, at times, maybe I am ashamed. You just come to a crossroad, a starting point in your walk with him. It's a starting point. Paul is saying, the scripture is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And there's a comma there, though. Look at the very next line. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the dynamite is the word that's used there. It is extremely strong. That's the converting of a soul. That's a change of location for your immaterial part of you known as your soul. Paul was going to Rome. He's going to get what he asked for. Rome that ruled the, the world. Rome with its, its smart people, philosophers and gods. Paul was going from Jerusalem, from Judea, that, that was ruled by Rome, to Rome. Paul was one man going to the most powerful government to preach a message um, uh, that others were publicly executed for. That's where he wanted to go. They would laugh at him, and they're going to persecute him. Yet he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was laughed at in Areopagus, thought of as just an ignorant fool. He was laughed at. He was beat numerous times for his troubles. And yet he said, I want to go to the most powerful place. Why? Because sometimes the most powerful places are the most dark places, and the most dark places is where the strike matches and shines the brightest. He wanted to go there. Reminds us of David, doesn't it, of the Old Testament. He killed a lion, killed a bear, and Goliath was next. Paul preached here, he preached there, and Rome was next. In a commentary from John MacArthur, he says this about that. He says, Paul had been in prison in Philippi, chased out of Thessalonica, smuggled out of Berea, laughed at in Athens, regarded foolish in Corinth, stoned in Galatia, and yet Paul wanted to preach in Rome. End of quote. Now, you may think, I, you don't, I'm not calling you to be Paul. I want you to be you. We've already had a Paul. God wants to use you as one of his children. He preached a message. He preached power. When you're able to share the message of salvation, it is powerful. Amen? Think about it. It is powerful. A transformation. Not a change of life, but a new life that comes in and takes up residence. It's the power of salvation. That word is that word dynamite. When we think of dynamite, it, it can excite some and it can scare others. Guys like dynamite. We like, I like to blow stuff up. One of the coolest things we did, Pastor Rick and I, way back in the early 90s, we had a chance to, and it was just him and I, no teens were around. Thank you, Lord, for that. But we, uh, Pastor Avon gave us the green light. We had some uh, playground equipment way in the back that was just falling down. And he said, that's got to go. I said, you know what? There's a three-day weekend coming up. Pastor Rick, I got an idea. Let's have fire. I didn't say fire, I said far, I said far. And man, 
we had a blaze. We, this stuff had to go, and we was up here for two, like a Friday, Saturday, whatever it was, and uh, I had just started throwing random items in the fire, like cleanup day, junk days. Well, one of the things I threw in there, unbeknownst to me, or maybe it was beknownst, I really don't remember, was a paint can. Yeah, you kind of know how this ends. I might be giving a bad idea to some teens right now. Don't do this. Uh, but apparently I threw in more than one, but I don't, I, can't, I really can't remember the details. All I, Carly, you remember this, right? This was the coolest thing ever. It's just to show you that guys like dynamite. We like that explode, blowing stuff up. Me and Pastor Rick, a big fire, and we're just sitting there small talking. And some time had passed, and we heard, boom! I was like, that was cool. And then we heard, tink, 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 tink. It shot that can to the other side of the parking lot. You know what I did? I started looking for more paint cans. We love to blow stuff up. It's just fun. Dynamite can be dangerous as well. Very, very dangerous. I did not know this, but nitroglycerin is what's in, uh, what's the pill um, when you're having a, a heart issue? Um, what is it? Well, it is nitroglycerin. I can't think of the name of the, the pill form. I'm asking a bunch of seniors about heart conditions. I'm going to hear 800 different medications. First, you got to take your Coumadin, and then you got to take, yeah. The point is, my dad had that, and I would, I would see him. I was younger, and I would see him kind of looking stressed, and he would get this little black, it was like a darker shaded bottle inside of a bottle, and he'd put it under his tongue. And finally, I asked, like, yeah, the, the nurse is like, I, yeah, I know what it is. And I'm like, I didn't know all this, like what was going on. Then I found out, he was explaining that that is like a little dynamite pill. A dynamite pill. That's kind of cool, but then you realize what it's used for, it's like, saving it can save your life when you're having a heart issue in that real moment it, it can save your life dynamite out of control can do damage dynamite controlled can do great things here's the point verse 16 says i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power it's the dynamite of God. Is God in control? It's controlled power. It's, it's God's greatest power on display is a transformed life. Do you have it? Do you have it? Did you once have it and feel like you, you're not now? Let's talk about that. Let's have those conversations. The power to the believing, but it's foolishness to the perishing. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Let's look at that. I haven't put that verse on the screen. 1 Corinthians 1.18. It's power. It is, it, it's amazing to watch a transformed life. It's powerful. But to the world, it's just foolishness. Almost, King Agrippa said. Almost you persuaded me to be a, a Christian. I got news for King Agrippa. Paul couldn't persuade him anyways. The Holy Spirit takes that word and does a work and bam, there's the power. Look at this verse. For the message of the cross is foolishness. It's dumb. It's silly. What's wrong with you people? Why are churches shrinking in America right now? I got a theory for that. There's a ton of them, a ton of reasons. But one is because the world has disregarded it. It's not even cute and fun and you do your thing anymore. It's just ignored. Churches are shrinking, not growing. And the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So there's a group in this world that's growing. The problem is that group is dying. 
They're called unbelievers. They don't want to even consider the cross. But to us who are being saved, it is the power. See that word? Power of God. Great verse for us to be reminded. Paul was not ashamed of the person of the gospel. He was not ashamed of the purpose, uh, the person, the purpose of the gospel. And he wasn't ashamed of the plan of the gospel. What is the plan of gospel? Is it just John 3, 16? Is there the Romans road? Do I got to do all five verses? Can I just do one verse? What is the plan? Is it Titus uh, 3, 5? Yes. You don't, you can use all or any. There's no strict plan. It starts with having a relationship with people. It's, it's, not, it's not trying to, to drive something into their life. It's simply let, and letting them know you care enough to share. Paul was not ashamed of the person of the gospel. His name is Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of that name? Think about it. Seek. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. I am long over being ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm ashamed of other people that claim his name. <laughs> that, that can be scary sometimes. But he wasn't ashamed of the person of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of the purpose. What is the purpose to bring us, to get us connected to our creator? And he wasn't ashamed of the plan to everyone who believes. You don't get to be selective with this message. Romans, uh, how about Acts 28, it's the last chapter, we're not going to turn there, but in verses 17 through 31, he made it, he made it to the place that God wanted him, and he took full advantage of it. Paul, Paul got there, Acts 28, you're going to see that Paul got there, and this is what he was born to do, and something very incredible happened there. He, in that journey of getting there, they were shipwrecked, and, and they, they land on an on a, on a area, Malta, and, and uh, the natives there kind of took them in. They saw they were struggling. They built a fire. They were cold, and, and the, the things that God cursed, known as snakes, reached out and bit Paul, and, and Paul shook it off. God wasn't done with Paul. He still had a message for him to deliver, and those indigenous people were amazed. They were waiting for him to swell up and die. That's what the scripture says in, in Acts 28. They were waiting for, like, to see what would happen. But it never happened. Even in the journey of getting to that destination, Paul was still being used. He didn't know how things were going to play out. In your life, you, you have no idea how the day is going to play out. You have no idea how your life's going to play out. Driving in this morning, I heard uh, uh, one of the channels, I heard a money guy on there talking about how to plan your money, your future, your portfolio, and all that good stuff. And then they always end up all saying this, two of the same things. One is we don't have a crystal ball. And two, don't take your money out. That's the two pieces I've learned over 30 years of financial advice is they don't have a crystal ball, but once you got the money rolling, don't take it out. Well, that's true. Um, I don't have the crystal ball, but... I don't have a lot of money in there anyway, so I ain't too much really all that worried about it. All religions say do. Do this, do that. Real salvation is found in done. The gospel. It is finished, Jesus says. Put your faith where God has put your sins. 
Put your faith where God has put your sins. Where is that? On the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, everybody in this world is either lost or saved. That's it. If they're lost, they're a prospect. If they're saved, they're a partner. Isn't that good? So let's partner together. So are you a debtor? Are you ready? Are you ashamed? Here's how we're going to conclude this morning. Here's the application. Remember who owns you as a believer. You are his. He is yours. You are indebted to him. You are chained to him in a way that is healthy, not bad. The world's going to hear this. People on Facebook can hear this and go, I don't want that. I'm a free person. I want to be free. You are free. You're never more free than when you're close to Christ. I'm so grateful that he, I'm never outside of the reach of his arm. Oh, we would be lost if we could ever get, as a believer, once you're a believer, if we could ever get, out of, we would be the most pitiful, most hopeless to having been that close and to be now that far hopeless. We're never outside of the reach of his arm. I want to be a debtor to him. It's not like it sounds. It is not. There's no greater joy than serving him. I am ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? How do you get ready? How do you get ready? You equip yourself. The Bible tells us over and again to equip ourselves. That's why we have youth group. That's why we have Bible quest. That's why we have Sunday school, White Point Bible study group. You need to be equipped. You need to be, even when Sunday nights. Now, we're not having Facebook Live tonight because of the Lord's Supper at 5 o'clock. But even when you tune in on Facebook, I know what you're doing. You're doing, you're turning it on, you're doing dishes. You're turning it on, you got one eye on the game and the other ear on Facebook. Am I, oh, am I, am I wrong on that? I can tell by the head nods and the grins that I'm not. Here's how I know, because that's what Carla does. Here I am, pouring my heart out to Facebook Live, and Carla, you don't know what she's doing in the background. I do. We need to get ready. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Get close to God. and you're, Get close to Him, and you're going to start being ready. Don't be scared, but be ready. Are you ashamed? And that's a question only you can answer. The question I would, the last question is, where are you? When Paul was on that road to Damascus, that's where Jesus met Paul on that road. When Paul saw Jesus, he asked him two of the greatest questions anyone can ever ask. Two of the greatest questions. One, who are you, Lord? Who are you? As a believer, you may have been saved for decades and you still can ask that question. Who are you? The depths of our Savior are unreachable this side of eternity. Who are you? Paul also asked, what would you have me to do? I'm limited in what I can do. Not when God's got your heart. You'd be shocked at what he can do. Little as much when God is in it is another song. And the Apostle Paul spent the rest of his life discovering those answers. That's my encouragement for you, believer. If you're a guest or visitor today or watching on Facebook, I would encourage you to, let's have that conversation. You'd be shocked if you ever have a conversation with me. You'd be real shocked. You think, some people think I'm like I am right now, like, he's going to preach to me. And we're going to have a conversation. Sometimes it takes me a while to get to this. I end up talking about everything but. But let's take the time and have, because there's no greater conversation that we can have, especially if you don't know the Lord. 
Let's bow our heads for a moment as we have uh, a time of application. We call that an invitation to personalize what you've heard today, to think about the great witness that you saw today by way of baptism. Dear Lord, as we come together, we want to encourage everyone within earshot to either make a stand or to make an application of what they've heard. And it's time for me to, to get out of the way. It's time for you to do what you do, Holy Spirit. And thank you for not only working on Sunday morning at 1130. Thank you so much. But move in hearts as we open the, the, the altar up, we open the prayer time up, we open the point of action up right here down front as those that would come. I'm available, other leaders are available, or maybe they need to talk to you privately. Either way, you do your work. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I would encourage you to stand with Andrew as he leads us in a song of invitation. Once you stand, and again, the altar is open for you. Andrew. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my
All right, as we are dismissed this morning, I want to call your attention to a few announcements that we have. Uh, first of all, don't forget the uh, each week there's a, a worksheet out there, an announcement sheet, so please go out there and pick it up so you'll uh, be able to remember them. After I announce them this morning, you'll be able to take it home. Uh, I want to encourage you to come back tonight. You know, we've had a great day starting out with baptism this morning. Uh, you know, let's continue the worship of our Lord uh, tonight as we uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper tonight. And that's a, that's a family uh, ordinance of the church. So let's, let's do that uh, tonight, 5 p.m. Be here, come with a worshipful heart, uh, ready to, uh, uh, to worship the Lord this morning, All, or this evening. Also, at uh, Wednesday night is the Awana's uh, Halloween or candy night, and they're going to uh, throw a lot of it around and play a game around all the candy. If you can bring in candy uh, either tonight, since we're back here tonight, or um, on Wednesday night, bring it early so that we can, uh, you know, have it for the games when they start at, uh, at uh, 6.30. So uh, bring the candy for the, for the children. And then also don't forget our adult uh, murder mystery coming up on next Saturday uh, at uh, 5.30 it starts. So be here at 5.30. I've been hearing about the costumes that some people are getting together, and it's just... Uh, very exciting, going to be a lot of fun and fellowship together. Just one thought as we dismiss, Pastor Scott uh, shared the, the gospel message of uh, Romans 1.16. And it says, it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. You know someone who doesn't believe that you need to share that gospel message with. So let's think about that today as we are uh, dismissed who would you share the gospel message with today? You are dismissed.